1: Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton.
2: It is Monday, September 25th, 2023, season 19, episode number 38. Welcome to the latest edition of Break Real Life from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And man, for the first time this season, we have to come in here on a Monday morning and tell you What went wrong? Because there was a lot that went wrong yesterday. Cowboys lose on the road uh, 28-16 to to the Arizona Cardinals. And we're going to break it down for you guys. We've got a whole list of things where the Cowboys just weren't um, weren't playing up to what we've expected from them. And uh, we'll go through each of those different areas and give you our insights there. But where I want to start first is just a big picture look. I go around the table I would love for you guys to each tell me what do you think was the big picture storyline for you coming out of this game Patrick let's start with you well there were a couple but I'll
0: just go with one run defense um coming into this season uh you you asked the question you know for me what would it take for this defense to be special uh and the biggest thing I drew a circle around was the run defense and you know you know, thankfully, we saw them perform well in that capacity against the Giants. We saw them perform masterfully against the Jets in that capacity. But it was still about consistency, and two outings do, does not consistency make. Um, so then you are going against a Cardinals team that, uh, yeah, you know what J- James Conner can do, and and you know you know Moore can do. But uh, you want to believe that the Cowboys' run defense is shored up and that it's upgraded. But when you allow two hundred twenty-two yards rushing, and then at halftime, um, it was the most rushing yards allowed by. Cowboys team since 1991, that's not what you want to see. That's not going to win the game for you. So, yeah, we can point at the penalties as well, but for me, um, it, it's got to be the run defense.
3: Cowboys' red zone problems were more about what Arizona was doing to them than really what the Cowboys were trying to do to Arizona. They, there weren't clean routes, there weren't clean reads. They had some opportunities were some missed blocks along the way, uh, maybe some unfortunate play calling. I take example of the option to, to CeeDee Lamb. You leave two guys unblocked, it's a minus-negative play there. So really more about what Arizona was doing to them scheme-wise than really what the Cowboys were doing execution-wise.
4: Um, a whole lot of confusion. I don't think they went into that game uh, very well-prepared. It, they look confused at times on both sides of the ball. But just to that point, what I was initially going to say is that the Cardinals were able to exploit their weaknesses, their their weak points on both sides of the ball. You talk about the running defense, the run defense, and you talk about the red zone uh, issues that they've had. And this is going to serve as a game that opposing teams are going to watch and re-watch and try to copy and do what they were able to do to the Cowboys and try to attack their weak points.
2: This seemed very much to me, Brian, like uh, what you mentioned last week, uh, the, the desperate team theory. Yeah. Uh, after the game, I was literally just watching. We have TV monitors in here. And on an NFL Network, they are showing some replays from that game, and I didn't realize at the end of the game, they actually gave their, the coach a, a Gatorade bath, yeah. which, again, tells you how important that game was for them. They went into that game. Last
4: night? Yesterday? Yes, yeah, exactly. I mean, a week three game, well, you get a back your coach.
2: Like, that tells you how desperate they were, and, and okay. they came out and played like it. And it tells you maybe how flat the Cowboys were. I did hear that at least by one player in the locker room yesterday. that They may, be, may have been a little flat, may not have had the same mm-hmm. level of intensity that you've expected from them or that they've shown in the first two weeks. And I do think that showed up yesterday in, in the, the, the way those two teams played and the way they approached that game. All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go through. I have a list. List of five things that I think went wrong for the Cowboys yesterday. I'm going to throw them out for you guys, and I'd like for you to tell me uh, a little bit more about what you saw and why things went wrong in this area. Patrick, you mentioned the first one, run defense yesterday. Here were the numbers. Cow—I mean, uh, the Cardinals had 30 rushes for 222 <laughs> yards, a 7.4 average. Here's another interesting stat I noted. Check this out. When eight men, eight plus men were in the box, so this is a stacked box. This is when you expect that you should be able to stop the run because you're paying inordinate amount of attention to stopping the run. They still, between Connor and Dobbs, they ran 12 times for 95 yards, yeah. with 7.9 average on the ground when the Cowboys stacked the box. What did you see yesterday from the Cowboys' run defense? I mean, run off, run defense, sorry. I mean, you were just
0: losing one on one battles. I mean, you, when you, for example, the Moore touchdown, um, I mean, that Red Sea just absolutely parted. He went untouched, and it was just a bunch of green in, in front of him from there, and then he rattled off the touchdown. And the same thing for some of those uh, runs by Connor. Uh, it's, again, it's a run defense that has shown us that it was shored up. But then yesterday, they just got beat straight up. They got outpowered. They got out executed. Uh, it was the Cardinals that was basically um, teaching class on yesterday. And it it shouldn't have been that way. And, I mean, you could talk about the three offensive linemen that didn't play yesterday. And, yeah, there were pressures there. And we'll talk about that here shortly. But for me, if you go back and you look at the film, it, it's, it just really boiled down to the Cardinals offensive line were winning their assignments and winning their keys far more often than the Cowboys were. And those lanes were just opening up. And the running backs didn't have much work to do. If you look at the yards after contact, there was a lot of that. But then some of those big plays didn't even have contact. It was just handoff and go. And you you just can't have that uh, if you're trying to be a contender.
3: Arizona took advantage of Dallas's aggressiveness, especially at linebacker. You had guys overrunning the ball and then the cutbacks happened. On Patrick was talking about the long run by Moore, Dallas's front was never set. The two defensive tackles were actually moving. They were trying to get them over. They were to the left. They were trying to move them over to the right. They couldn't get them over. And once they got them over, ball was snapped. And now you're in a trouble there. Sam Williams gets caught up the field there. And now all of a sudden, though, you got guys pinned to the inside. Kerr saw the ball break late. I don't think he saw where the run was coming from. So his angle was off, and then that kind of threw him out of the way. But a lot of this against the run defense stuff is – Patrick's right. There's a physicality element to that, to the game. But if you're supposed to fit in certain gaps, if you're supposed to play your assignment, I'll give you an example. Donovan Wilson had a bad day early in that game of not fitting assignments. You know, him, the, the long run where Dobbs takes off on the, on the, uh, the read option stuff, mm. you know, they get a double-team block on the outside, but what happens is... Wilson goes too far to the inside. He's responsible to be an edge player. Micah had a chance but kind of got caught in no man's land there. So all of a sudden now you got a no man's land player, you got a double team on the outside, and then you got a guy taking the wrong angle. That's going to lead to a 44-yard run. That happened to the Cowboys way too often in that game yesterday.
4: Well, you talk about a defense that what well, we've seen in the first two weeks, we've talked about it over and over how great – and you see them, everybody so in sync, everybody making plays from the top to the bottom, and then all of a sudden they're not able to adjust and make the right changes and be on the same page. Gilmore, that was disappointing to see certain plays that he was playing where he looked slow and he didn't look like that veteran presence that you've seen so far. And again, Micah Parsons, multiple occasions what was going on just like confused i forgot who was telling him no you you have to line up there um who was that
3: well, him and Vanderesh were having a, a, a conversation but like during the game it was there was a couple of times where he rushed and it was hands like pre-snap were hands what, looking with, yeah, inside what's yeah, going on yeah, and, yeah, like, what's, you're not... what's what's the call so those yeah.
4: things should yeah. not be happening those are easy yeah. fakes and right. I, those are the things that kind of baffle me a little bit as to why why how did that happen and it wasn't just once it was right. in multiple occasions we
3: talked about it a little bit last week though what Arizona does to you the fact that they had a 45yard run from a wide receiver as a running back, mm-hmm. they're going to put you in a lot of different problems. They're going to make you have to think your way through some things. And I think that you know, the, the maybe some lack of communication, the lack of execution, the lack of physicality, there was a lot of things. Dan Quinn had a bad day yesterday. Yeah. His defense had a bad day. Let's be fair. We give Dan Quinn a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. We also need to like tell Dan Quinn's defense wasn't ready to play the first half of that football game yesterday. You know, And then some plays in the second half they weren't ready to play. You know, so that's on them to try and fix these things, but if you're telling me there's confusion and lack of communication and all that on the field, You know, in certain key situations, that is a problem throughout the defense.
2: Yeah, you were talking. uh, We were talking last week when we were talking about the breakdown about how much this team likes to do different kinds of thing in their running game. There's a lot of pulling guards, pin and pull, yeah, that kind of stuff. And and yesterday, the the Cowboys were getting beat a lot on those kinds of plays. It wasn't when you're running straight at them. The Cowboys' defense is pretty adept at stopping that. It was those other kind of plays. Uh, That first play, uh, that first long run by Dobbs, to me, set the tone because it was exactly what we talked about about. Micah in so Philadelphia. Spied. What yeah. happened against Philadelphia? So him kind of – Freezing. He, he read it the wrong yeah. way. He Well, he went for the running back, uh, which – and I don't know if you necessarily call that a bad read. Yeah. But what you notice is they went back to that play several more times. And what, what Micah did, he didn't rush. Yeah. He just waited. And he waited until the ball was – he knew exactly where the ball was going and then he reacted to it, which is how you're supposed to play that. But I think that's kind of the point of it. Is I think yesterday there were, there were lots of moments where different players – just had, you know, moments. They just had moments where they didn't get to their assignment. They overran a play. They they just made mistakes. And it's what we talked about from the offensive line last week. There just there were so many just little mistakes. That everybody was making these little mistakes. And Ten do the it job, up, one doesn't, right.
3: and it, and the one guy gets exposed. The two guys go. get exposed when everybody else and you need them. To, you need to play the scheme that way. Yeah.
2: All right, let's talk about the penalties. Yesterday, <laughs> that's another area that we thought going into this year, or at least so far this year, the Cowboys had been really good about avoiding penalties. Yesterday, they have thirteen penalties for hundred and seven yards. It was just a day when the flags were out. And, and obviously, the crew, you can say what you want about the crew and how many of those calls may have been bogus or not. The fact of the matter is, that's how they were calling the game. And at some point, you have to adjust to how they're calling the game. Yeah. Uh, but what did you guys think about the penalty?
3: I think they had an issue yesterday with Froholt the center. He's really uh, good at his ability to move his head. And they were, I think in this game, they were trying to judge that when he moves his head down, he's going to snap the ball. And there were a couple times where he, like, faked mm-hmm. like he was – and then now Dallas is – they were playing that game where they were watching him uh, and then trying to get, make their time, their, their rush or their getting off the ball when he moved his head. That caused some problems for some of the offside stuff they're dealing with. The, the, the penalties, like on a Jordan Lewis, uh, you know, holding downfield and stuff, those were legitimate penalties. You know, I mean, you you, you can't contact a guy past that five yards and you can't grab the guy. So there were some things that they were doing yesterday in this game where they were trying to jump the snap or just, you know, hey, you can't hold a guy down the field like that.
0: Don't leave the game in the hands of the officials. Uh, just do not, because then you put yourself in situations where you need the DPI called when you target CeeDee Lamb on the right end of the end zone. You need the DPI. You need the flag not picked up when they flag for DPI on the uh, Gallup target. Mm -hmm. That's putting the game in the hands of the officials, and then you see what happened after those two plays. You don't get the DPI call against CeeDee Lamb. They go down and score, Mm -hmm. right? You had a big 69-yarder on that drive, uh, touchdown drive from the Cardinals that was subsequent to that. You get the Dak Prescott interception after the Gallup DPI was picked up. So don't put the game in the hands with the officials. Fact is, and I have problems with the officials as well in that game, we talk about those two plays, but also you know, CeeDee Lamb and, and him being called for offensive pass interference. Where to me, that was a bang-bang football play between those two guys. Fine. Nonetheless, to Brian's point, the large majority of these penalties are 100% accountable to the Cowboys, and yeah. it can't happen. 13 enforced for 107 yards. To my tally, they had almost 20 that were flagged, but of course not all enforced. That is a ridiculously insane and inappropriate yeah. number for a team that is Trying to be a, a Super Bowl contender. One thing that stood out, some of the a lot of these penalties stalled or just outright killed drives. Cavante Turpin, you have your defense who's eventually going to get tired from being on the field. They force a punt. Turpin returns the ball 51 yards. That gets negated by Devin Harper. Yeah. And then tack on another 10 yards on top of that. And then on that drive, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, they start recovering. They start moving on that drive. They're like, okay, resiliency. And then you get the holding on many Doga makes it. Yeah. Three and thirteen. Ferguson gets ten yards, but the Cowboys fail on fourth and third. Penalties, penalties, penalties. It has to be cleaned up. It was a problem in twenty twenty two. We talked about it coming into twenty twenty three. It was for the most part reined in the first two weeks, but man, laundry day yesterday. You cannot continue to do that if you really want to be a contender in this in this uh, conference.
4: Yeah, there's just no discipline, and it goes back to the whole not being fully prepared in many my opinion but i think this is where i'm confused though because i don't think the cowboys were two in the clouds and two in their own heads like as far as preparation during the week hmm. you know when we go in the locker room or to- talk to these players that's not the vibe that i was getting from them and i know it was asked to ask Dak Prescott. You know, the media puts them on a pedestal when they're on top and then completely slaughter them when they're down. But as far as what they're doing, my vibe wasn't that they're not taking this game serious, that they're not preparing. They were focused. So that's where I'm confused why the lack of, like, discipline, preparation, the lack of being in sync, communication, occur in this game because... I do think that they were focused throughout the week.
0: They were, they were. I, I think it's a you know uh, evidence of two things. One, um, it's. There were some discipline issues, obviously, as far as uh, not committing the penalties, You know, letting go of a guy, not getting a holding call, and not getting a block in the back one. I mean, come on, 51 yards. But at the same time, uh, as the game went on, there was frustration. I felt like there was frustration that was occurring on both sides of the ball for Dallas. And the problem is, is when you're already trying your best to remain self-disciplined in your individual assignments, but then you start to get beat here, and then you don't get this call go your way, and then you start to shrink a little bit well, then that this, the self-discipline starts to lessen. And now here's now you're playing sloppy. So now what happens is the, the guy next to you, he's like, oh, well, this just isn't our day penalty. So then it starts to spiral and snowball. And before you knew it, we're sitting in the press box, and it's flag, flag, flag. Someplace there were multiple flags, multiple infractions against the Cowboys. And you're sitting there like, are we are we kidding? Are, is seriously as this was happening? Because particularly to Ambar's point, last week these guys were focused. And, and we thought that they were coming in right in an emotional wave from losing Trevor. Von Diggs. Um but I mean, I don't know if it's the bodies buried in the desert, whatever is going on out there. Because the game was weird from the outset with the Tyron Smith, you know, situation. And you know, he's he's active, but he's and he's named a captain, but then ultimately he doesn't play and then just it was just ominous from there. So I don't know.
2: Too many bodies in the desert, I guess. Yeah, it's it was I I I don't know. I, I will say this. I don't know that we can say one way or the other that they were focused or not focused. I certainly don't have uh, any insight to see how many, how much they were on their iPads watching and preparing. What I can say is that as you watch that game, there were moments where you were like, man, they just didn't seem like they knew where they needed to be. Yeah. Um, and that is usually something that you point to what was the preparation like. So, again, I don't know whether they prepared as hard or as much as they had prepared the other two weeks or or less. I don't know that. I just know that yesterday they didn't look like they were as disciplined and knowing where they needed to be and being there consistently, and that's why they got lit up in uh, in a number of different areas uh, during that
0: game. You had penalties that killed your offensive drives, and then you had penalties that extended their offensive drives. Talk about the penalty on Lewis, the DPI on Deron Bland. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can't have both of those things occurring at the same time. Like Something has to be clean, and just nothing was clean in that game yesterday.
2: All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about this red zone offense. Uh, it was not just a problem this week. It's been an ongoing problem. Uh, we'll talk about that when we come back to DallasCowboys.com Radio.
5: Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah Savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated.
1: Nothing says, thanks, girl, better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply
5: back to the break
3: Check out the latest and greatest edition of Tours at AT&T Stadium and at the Star in Frisco. Meet Jerry Jones, an interactive experience. Get a peek behind the curtain into the fascinating life of Jerry Jones with a focus on interactive fan experience in partnership with AT&T. This interactive technology gives tour goers the opportunity to ask Mr. Jones a variety of questions. For more information and to book your tours, visit dallascowboys.com slash tours. Welcome back. It is the second segment of
2: The Break Life from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. of the segment brought to you by blockchain.com. We are talking about the Cowboys' loss yesterday, first loss of the season. They lose to Arizona 28 to 16. Let's talk about one other problem that popped up Red Zone offense. Yesterday, Cowboys were one of five, 20% in the red zone. Get, get this, they were 0 for 2 when they were in goal-to-go situations. Yeah. That is not good. Uh, but this has been an ongoing issue. This is something we talked about last week that it was a problem. It didn't kill them last week, but it certainly was a problem. What happened yesterday with regards to the red zone offense? I mean, it's, a,
0: uh, like you said, 0-2 goal for go goal, uh, with goal-to-go. Goal. They had an uh, unsuccessful goal-to-go goal, uh, against the Jets. Yeah, against the Jets with the what with the hinder shot and you know, Rico didn't get in either. Um, I mean it's a problem. Uh, one question is where are your wide receivers in the red zone? Where are your wide receiver targets in the red zone as far as being able to produce those those touchdowns that are needed? I mean, you don't have any wide receiver touchdowns at all through three weeks of football. That is something that the Cowboys need to look at and try to figure out what's going on there. So that's a large part of it. Um, but it also goes to, you know, how comfortable or uncomfortable are the Cowboys right now with this Texas Coast offense? We we still don't know what it looks like. You just got Brandon Cooks back, but we were talking about this during the break. You didn't have um, your, three of your starting offensive linemen. Tyler Smith came back, but Tyron Smith didn't play. Tyler Beatish didn't play. Zach Martin didn't play. Was there, you know, a little bit, was there a little bit uh, less of a confidence in those in that starting five yesterday that maybe Could be. has had McCarthy kind of scale back on what he might have called? Otherwise, if you had your front five out there or at least four of your front five like they had the first two weeks, a lot to be figured out there. And to be honest with you, I haven't figured it out specifically just yet, because if you look at it. They should be scoring on on some of these plays, but they're just not. So when it happens like that and I can't yet figure out what the problem is, I'm always going to lean back on the execution of it because a lot of times that's probably what's keeping you out of the end zone. Now, some play calling is going to be mixed in as well as far as accountability goes. But, I mean, I think if they execute on some of these plays, for example, the Hendershot play, if he makes that vision go. um, But, yeah, I mean, you can they should have red zone points. And the officials also took a couple away, but that's not the only only reason they don't have them
3: you ran 24 plays in the red zone is what you did Hmm. uh the screen play to daddle for a touchdown well executed well called nice job of blocking out in front that's something that you know they need to kind of look at that a little bit more but a red zone screen is always a good thing to call there uh one time they run a waggle to the right with prescott and arizona has five defenders to cover three No chance on the play. Fourth down, Arizona sells out on a blitz. It's picked up. Line lets uh, the furthest man from the ball go. Mm -hmm. That's usually the responsibility of the quarterback. You don't want to let anybody inside. So squeeze it down. Furthest guy from the ball. Quarterback, that's your guy. We can't block him. Prescott's got to know that. He can't. He's He's got to know, I'm going to get a blitzer in my face. I can see him right there. They try to run the ball inside to Cooks. And you know Prescott feels the pressure, throws the ball too high. But he's got to no. know he's got an un- unblocked blitzer over there because the way the line had signed uh, slid that way. You had a couple of times there where uh, Prescott drops the snap on the play. Ferguson and Lamb run into each other. They got four Cardinals to cover three Cowboys receiving. Adoga gets called for holding on the play. You know this is the kind of stuff that you're, you're this is the kind of stuff you're dealing with. They run that I mentioned they run the option to Lamb. They, you know, No one's fooled on the play. Yes, no. White and a are there they stay at home to make the tackle. Both are unblocked. Trips left. lamb single. Prescott tries to hit him with the fade. He doesn't make the play. Could there have been a pass interference there? Yeah, could have been. Didn't call. Didn't work out your way. You know, the thing about it is, and one more final thing. I, I just looked down at my notes. <clears throat> Prescott to gallop on the fade. He's got Wilson beat off the line. Throw the ball out there. Mm-hmm. Throw a ball out and up. That guy's going to go make that play for you. Don't throw the ball short, you know. Yeah, the flag gets picked up, and then you have the, you know, then you have the next play as the interception, you know, which effectively ended the game. But you know, you run the ball. There's some things that they do well. I think this was really more about Arizona's red zone defense than it was about Dallas's offense, in my opinion. But there were some things that that you know, like I say, the routes aren't always clean. But there's also some self-inflicted stuff there that goes on. But, you know, I mentioned four Cardinals to cover three Cowboys, five, Cowboys, uh, five Cardinals to cover threes. You know, you've got to find a way to not let that happen in a game.
4: Um, okay. My heart is fully racing right now. So <laughs> let me give a, a, a disclaimer. Sorry if if any insults come out, if anybody from that side (laughs) of the building is listening, because these are just my emotions speaking right now. So apologies. But, you know, I'm looking at this, at the stats, and I'm tired of saying like, on paper, they have this. They have the talent. On paper, they look good. They should be being a lot more effective than what they are. And it could be that the Cardinals, and they did a good job. Credit did, to yeah. them for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. But it's not week three. Just It's not just week three. We saw glimpses of it week one, week two. Sure. So we know this is a re- re- recurring issue. Yes. So my problem is, where is all this creativity that you hide from? from the media sometimes, and you try to act all... Again, sorry, emotions. I'm sorry. No offense. But what are you trying to hide? Because I'm not seeing it. Are you saving it for when? When, 49ers? Or when we get to compete in the playoffs? I don't know. But it has to click at some point. I think it was a lack of creativity. And you talk about the offensive line. You had three of your starters out, and I get it. That's a big loss for anybody. But at the same time, you saw what you were able to do. You were still being able to move the offense down the field. It wasn't as bad as I thought it it was going to be. Again, it wasn't perfect. But you were still being able to move the ball around and do some things. But then you get to the red zone and you get stuck once again. You got a mobile quarterback that can run, that has the physique for it. You're not using him. You have the running backs that you know what you can do. And we've seen it before where maybe you get an extra push from somebody else helping you out, just push through for those extra yards. You have the the tight ends. You got Gallup who's been having a good game. I thought Brandon Cooks was going to be the guy that comes in here and clicks again. I thought this whole game was going to be mm-hmm. completely different, thinking we were going to have some linemen in there um, and everything. But... Uh, When you talk about just the talent, the skill sets that they currently have on the roster, and you're not able to really take advantage of that and and put everybody in their best position and really utilize those weapons. Turpin, you've used them before. Where was that? You you have – Where's Deuce Vaughn? Deuce. Deuce. We've been talking it up all through training camp, preseason. The first two weeks, we've seen glimpses of it. But yet you're not really trying to use them in a game that you absolutely need, needed to, where your defense is not playing the way that they should, and now you have to really take advantage and perform offensively, and it's not happening.
2: You know what's interesting about that is I actually think, I actually think offensively they were more creative in games one and two than they were yesterday. Um, and I don't know if it's because they felt like they didn't need to necessarily have that same level of creativity, Could but we the saw them do it. Maybe it, yeah, maybe it was, older. maybe it yeah. was, but, but that's also where I, I would say – should you be even a little bit more creative when you're a little worried about them? Should you have a few more guys that you get involved? Should you be running, you know, using Turpin and his speed to maybe use some end in- arounds rounds or some jet sweeps? Like, you should be looking for other ways to keep the opposing defense off balance if you're worried about going straight at them because you just don't know if your offensive line's going to hold up. That would be my thought. Maybe yeah. he went the other way and said, let's be a little less creative and let's just try to stick to what we
3: do and maybe, well, maybe that'll be enough. They had a couple of no-gains where... They brought Lamb in I'm just saying, you know, just when you start talking about running in the line and maybe not trusting him, but they had a couple of runs where Ferguson, they're running the ball going left, and Ferguson gets beat inside. His guy makes a tackle, and they bring uh, bring Lamb in motion, and he's supposed to block the linebacker, and he doesn't block him, and it's a no-gain there. So, I mean, they're like, They're designing plays. Is it as creative as... No, but they're trying to run plays. Mm -hmm. I felt like there were some times when they ran the ball down there, they were able to get some traction. Mm -hmm. I I think the passing game is what let them down. And and honestly, I think this is going to sound bad because we all talk about these tight ends. I think you miss Dalton Schultz down there. I think you miss somebody that has an ability to know how to play in space and kind of work his way around and find his way to get open. Because... The, 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 the receivers are struggling to get open. And then, you know, we haven't seen, you know, in some of the games, I mean, we had was it Ferguson or Hendershot that had the drop in the one game? Mm-hmm. But, you know, in, down in the red zone. But I, I just the, – the receivers are just not – if it's not a fade or something like that, that they're not doing anything to win. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's – but you, you, you might miss a guy like Schultz that kind of understands how to get lost – how to open, get himself open and give Dak the opportunity to throw the ball.
0: Well, with this offensive line, uh, initially it looked like they were probably going to lose you the game uh, because Dak Prescott had only been sacked once through the first two weeks. He gets sacked uh, two times fairly early in the game yeah. uh, and then you're wondering, you're like, oh, well, is this a Claiborne situation? Is this the burning of Atlanta? But then they kind of locked in and, and for the most part did as much as they could because if you look at like, the Rico Dowdle scoring drive, Tony Pollard was like, bam, handoff, 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 and they were a effective handoffs, plus eight, plus five, plus six, yeah. plus eight. And then, you know, you hit Dowdle in the flat for the quick, and then he does the rest of the heavy lifting. So the offensive line, um, they didn't lose you the game. I, I will say that it does feel more like this Texas coast offense, whatever it might end up being at the moment, it's not taking the shot enough shots downfield. Well, there were a couple of shots taken downfield like CD lamb and, uh, and Michael Gallup. And I, I actually do think Jake Ferguson, performed well yesterday for the most part I mean he had a pretty big day when it yeah. comes to the receiving core Michael Gallup obviously had a big day but this was the biggest day thus far for the tight end unit and it was because of Jake Ferguson so I don't know that they missed Dalton Schultz in that capacity when you have in the Ferguson. red zone they missed Schultz well that's fair I
3: mean in the, in the red zone I mean how many touchdowns did him and Zeke have and, I, and I'm not even yeah. including Zeke in this thing yeah. but how many touchdowns did Schultz have down there you know, where where are you getting? Where who is getting open down there mm-hmm. in three games? Yep. Who is getting open to to be able to, to make these plays? You know, and the the thing that you know when you start to talk about, like I said, this this offense, if if they're so focused on not making or creating turnovers or bad situations from for Dak, and they're not and they're doing it in a way not to push the ball down the field, and this is what this offense is going to be we might be in it for a little bit of a long year. Uh, you know when it comes to if they don't if they're not willing to run more routes if everything is underneath and quick and all that, you know, you are going to eventually have to take some shots down the field. and I get it if you don't trust your offensive line, then max protect that thing. Keep back in, keep tight ends in and then launch it and see if you can win on the outside. But everything yesterday and, and Mike in the postgame talked about, oh, they're playing their safeties deep. Yeah, they rotated their safeties. They did a lot of disguise. One up, one back. They'd rotate. There was a little bit of a deep drop. Arizona was worried that the ball was gonna go down the field. But if you're gonna play the Cowboys, it doesn't look like the Cowboys are willing to throw the ball down the field right now. It just doesn't look like that they're going to take that that shot or two. There no there were no routes where it was threatening Arizona secondary.
0: I would also say, and, and they did a good job of at least getting. We talked about where was Deuce Vaughn in this in this picture against the Cardinals. Hunter Lipke. Got some good burn yesterday. He showed a lot of versatility. So if we're talking about red zone execution, let's let's get Hunter Lipke involved. Well, they tried the to. They did the
3: one man well. screen again. Yeah. They yeah. did. The, you know, they just didn't get the blocks down the field like the tight ends last week against the Jets got the blocks. They didn't get the block. They tried it in the red zone. That's a, you know, talk about creativity. That's a good little play that they have. You know, yeah. get Hunter and 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 out and then throw him the ball and then try and get a block. I mean, they got some positive yards out of it, but. You know, it's it, it just man, it just seemed like that Arizona was just everything that Dallas tried to do—the waggles, the anything in the red zone—it was plastered, plastered, plastered. Nobody, nobody running free. Yeah. In that game,
2: I would like to see. I agree with you, Patrick. I would like to see Lipke Lipke get a yeah. few more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Than those we saw yesterday in third and short. I think yeah. it was third and short. Yeah. Uh, gained nine yards. Yeah. yeah. And he he is. I won't say might be. I think he is their most physical back. Um, and if you want to replace maybe what you lost with not having Zeke, I think he's a guy that maybe can provide that for you and give you a little more. I think physical doubt will run running. tough too. I, I do too, but yeah, I think I, yeah. I think I'm talking about actually moving people. Yeah, and and when it's not blocked up right, can you still figure out a way to get there? Right. I think I might have a little more – I may want to see – I do want to see more of Lipke having that opportunity sure. than, than what I've seen so far from some of those other guys. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. We've got to talk about some of the explosive plays that happened yesterday uh, with the with the uh, Arizona Cardinal offense. Uh, and we might talk a little bit about that offensive line, talk about Idoga and how he performed. We'll be back, Cowboys.com radio.
5: car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black, and right now Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free 5-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com/cowboy To the break.
1: Dallas Cowboys
3: Game Time powered by Lenovo, the official gaming platform and community of the Dallas Cowboys. Sign up now to compete in Madden 24 for a chance to win two tickets and a VIP experience to a 2023 Dallas Cowboys home game. Qualifiers begin on October 6th and run through the 13th. Learn more and register at DallasCowboysGameTime.com.
2: Welcome back. It is the final segment of the Break Life in SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're going through what went wrong for the Cowboys yesterday and their first loss of the season. Uh, Let's talk about explosive plays. Uh, These are plays of 20-plus yards. Uh, On the ground, they gave up one, two, three, four, a 44-yard rush to Dobbs, a 20-yard rush to Connor, a 45-yard rush to Moore, and that was a TD, and then a 26-yard run. Uh, to Connor. In the passing game, they gave up a 23-yarder to Brown, and then another 69-yarder uh, to Wilson. What was the deal with the big plays yesterday? Because that, that definitely has not been a hallmark of this defense.
0: No, that's what more or less helped bury them. I mean, you talk about the penalties, and rightfully so, And um, but it, it, like you said, it was not only the number of big plays, which were obvious, because it felt like like the Cardinals were being allowed to have a big play every other play. That's what it felt like. Um, But then you look at the fact that nearly half of those big plays came on the ground. Mm Mm-hmm if you bottle them up double
2: the number of passes
0: right if if you bottle them up on the ground then it's a much more manageable game and you probably still you you probably win this game although with a couple you know with a black eye and some rib bruises and it's probably you know 21 24 you walk away with the win but at least you give yourself an opportunity to win not I mean allowing that many big plays on the ground just it sets up the big plays in the air and then from there you're just along for the ride and I, I do I know for a fact and we talked about it the loss of Trevon Diggs. Um, it, it shouldn't be as massive as it could be if this Cowboys team didn't have the depth that it had, but it just looked like they were trying to figure out what their identity is going to be in the secondary and on the defense without Trevon Diggs being that, you know, that primary lockdown corner opposite Stefan Gilmore. You were asking Gilmore to do a little bit more. Obviously, you're asking De'Ron Bland to do a lot more, moving him to the outside. And then you see plays like the DPI that extended the drive for the Cardinals. It just feels like they didn't have their usual defensive identity with Trevon Diggs not on that field. And that's something that they're going to have to figure out um, because allowing this many big plays is going to lose you most games. But if allowing this many big plays on the ground is going to lose you nine out of ten games. So...
4: Yeah, and you got to make offenses respect you. Yes. You know, they're, they're going to keep running over you and making plays like that when you keep giving them away and allowing it to happen. I don't think without Trevon Diggs, I wouldn't... I, is there anybody else, like, in the secondary that you would think opposing teams see as, like, a threat?
0: I think they respect Deron Bland, and, yeah. and, and you think they he's abs- already at they, that level yeah, for them? six yeah. takeaways. Like they respect Deron Bland, but again, this is not Deron Deron Bland's base position. He's a nickel guy, so yeah. he's. I say that with the aspect of. I'm awarding him some grace here. It's his first NFL game playing in the outside, and you just knew that the Cardinals were going to attack that, and they attacked it early, Early, and they attacked it early, which is what I would have done if I was the play caller for the Cardinals or any team. So it's something that Deron Bland is going to learn from. But as far as the respect aspect, NFL teams respect Bland because they know he can take the ball away just like Lewis can, just like Gilmore can. But when you take away a guy like Trevon Diggs because of injury, the immediate question is, how quickly can you reestablish your new identity? Because you no longer have two lockdown corners. You have one definitive lockdown corner and a ball hawk that is moved from the inside to the outside and he's trying to figure his way out. And then, of course, is that Gilmore also.
2: a lockdown corner? Is that what you're saying?
0: Gilmore? Yeah. I still, I still think Gilmore's a lockdown corner. He doesn't have the speed he used to have, but
2: I, I mean, his mental acuity is insane. And I, he's, I he has with that. I agree with that. I don't know if other teams look at him in the same way they look at Diggs. Or some of the true lockdown. I think I this, is, this is also my thing about. I think lockdown corner is is used way more than it should be these days. There are only a few lockdown corners in the league on any given in any given season. In my opinion, uh, there are some really that's good cornerbacks, and I think Gilmore is a really good cornerback. I don't call. I don't think he locks down one half of the field. I don't think that's Gilmore's game. That's my
3: opinion. I would find a way if I was attacking Gilmore. I'm trying to figure out if I agree or not. Put a pin <laughs> fair, in that. Put fair. a pin in that. Yeah. I. I I think the way to attack Gilmore is trying to get him on the move. I think that mm-hmm. to me, and, and Arizona did a really good job of this when they they ran him through trash on the touchdown. They they start him on the left the left side, and they oh they start him on the right, and they run him all the way across the field, all through stuff. And you know, I, I think that you're absolutely right about the smarts and all with him and what he reads, but there is a little bit of that lack of the burst that he once had. He had an elite burst in the way he played. And he's—it shows now when you carry him up the field, he'll fight you, uh, you know, he'll battle you and all that stuff. there's teams though you could see there's a little bit of separation there, mm-hmm. and you know he dove, he made a great effort to try and make the play, but the ball was right there, it was well thrown, yeah it was. But I, I would I would try and attack him on the move and make him have to chase a little bit because I don't know if he has that burst that he once had he still could play at a very high level Mm -hmm. but there's ways that you i think you could you could kind of mess with him a little bit Uh, if you get back to the run stuff and how the uh, the big plays that they gave up in the running game i think a lot of it had to do with your linebacker play i think a lot of it had to do with your safety play i don't think curse was particularly good in this football game i don't think wilson was particularly good in this football game I don't feel that Van Der Esch and Clark were particularly good in this game. And then when Bell got the opportunity, he got blocked second level, you know, the long 45 with a long touchdown run by Moore. They got hat on hat, and it was, you know, nobody touched the guy. Yeah. But if you're going to overrun plays – then you better know that if you overrun, somebody better be there to pick up the pieces when you overrun it. The problem is Dallas has two or three players overrun in plays, and then the ball breaks back behind that, and there's nobody there to no pick up yep. Nobody to pick up the pieces. You know, you get guys that get cut, hat on hat, and then linebackers that are flying downhill, and you got safety flying downhill. And when they overrun plays, just know that that ball, if it spills to the backside there's probably going to be a big gain there. Yep.
2: All right. Um, real quick before we end the, the, the show, I did want to get some thoughts on uh, what happened with the offensive line. Obviously, you had three of your starters out. Uh, Chuma Edoga is the guy that I think most people have talked about, the most of the guys who came in. But what were your thoughts on Edoga, on on Hoffman, uh, on Bass? They were all in there yesterday uh, trying to kind of make whatever they could make out of that game, knowing that three of their starters were down. I think, considering what you know, the fire they were
0: thrown into, I think they they cleaned themselves up pretty well. I mean, like I said at the beginning of the game, it felt like things were going to get out of hand because of the offensive line. Dak goes down once, Dak goes down twice, and we're all back in Atlanta all over again. Um, but there were no sacks allowed thereafter. Now, uh, also to that was I did like that I saw Dak Prescott being more willing than ever. Not then ever, then thus far this season to take off and run with his legs and try to move the chains that way. So that's at least promising. But the offensive line, I mean, those young guys, they they came in and performed, I'm not gonna say well, but above above par, above the median. Um I talked about that that holding penalty against Hidoga, that was that was brutal. Um uh, I mean it, it killed a drive for the Cowboys and that can't happen. But I mean when you look at Tyron Smith, I mean, we thought he was gonna play all the way up until he didn't right i mean he was named captain he was active we thought he was going to play no chuma by the way you're going in and we talked about this a lot we like chuma doga a lot more on the inside yeah. as a left guard than on the outside and we saw why that is in lateral space he struggles a little bit with his feet and that quickness um but bass bass had one penalty thankfully that penalty didn't cost the cowboys that drive cowboys went down and got points on that drive but for the most part those that young trio of offensive linemen didn't really account for um, much of what happened or what went wrong in Arizona for the for the Cowboys.
3: Yeah, the sacks though it was they didn't they try and throw a waggle with Xavier at Xavier Collins and he wasn't fooled. Mm-hmm. You know they they had they tried to get the ball to Ferguson and and. Actually had an opportunity if Zayvon Collins. I mean, he he. They're, they're thinking he's going to come down inside. He's going to chase. That's his aggressive style he plays with. And they were going to wheel Dak out to the left and throw the ball to Ferguson and get a first down. it's up, you know, no chance. You get a sack. He's on top of him right there. Adoga gives up the, another sack there where they try the double. They try to double move on the outside. And here again, you know, when you look at uh, Marco Wilson, the corner. He's bitten on some of these double move routes he's you know he's a guy the first couple of games they've got the ball down the field they try to double move him he doesn't bite Dax got nowhere to go with the ball now he's sacked because Adoga gives up the sack right there but other than that I thought the guys played as well as they could play you know I, I really I, I think that it, I, I'm really happy with bass I think he's a mauler brawler kind of a guy I think he's a tough guy I think you can rely on him in a game to to help you and, and if you had to continue to put him in there, I think he's going to be just fine. I was worried sick about Hoffman, that they were going to cover him and there was going to be problems, but he showed really, really good toughness in this game. If the coaches were afraid of their offensive line going in, I get it. Uh, But as the game wore on, I think I would have been more and more comfortable with what we can do. Again, maybe the offense isn't geared anymore to throw the ball down the field. Maybe everything is underneath in that intermediate range, get it out quick. If that's the case – then, uh, you know, that's kind of what we're going to, you know, that's what we're going to see the rest of the year. You know, I think the ball does need to go down the field. But, again, maybe the coverage or maybe the offensive line concerns were too much for the coaching staff in this game.
4: With the whole conversation between Idoga, whether he looks better as a guard than a tackle, I'm how- surprised
3: Ty- uh, Tyler Smith didn't play a left <clears throat> tackle in that game yesterday.
4: Is that how you would have lined them up? I would have lined up.
3: I would have put a dog- You've seen it. Yeah. You've seen what yeah. Tyler could have put, dropped in at left. Yeah. Why I mean, not? Tyler Smith you know, went from playing guard, guard, guard all last year to all of a sudden, boom, you're the starting left tackle against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah. and he played the whole year. I think that's how I would have been more concerned about dealing with the edges in this game than I would deal with the inside guys. Why
4: do y'all think that was their decision though?
3: We're doing radio and they're coaching. In two thousand in two thousand five in two thousand five I could have told you that sitting in that room. Right now I just I'm just a guy doing radio.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And there's no way to really know unless unless they tell us, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they haven't been willing to tell us that about how they came to that decision. But I before the game when Nick was doing the the pregame show and he had talked to, to Stephen Jones and and kind of got wind of the yeah. fact that Tyron wasn't going to play, that was he and I both had the same reaction like, why is Tyler not playing tackle? Yeah. Um, and and it's just uh, you know I think part of it and I think Nick brought this up was maybe it's just with him coming back from injury they didn't want to just throw him out there you come back from that kind of injury maybe they had a little question about whether he'd have the lateral quickness coming so off that or end he the worked or he it.
3: worked all week at guard right yeah
2: it could have been those kinds of things that could have forced him to say you know it's better just to keep him at guard and we'll put Idoga out there but I definitely was my first thought is I'd mm. rather have Tyler out there protecting the blind side of my quarterback because I know Idoga has done really oh, I shouldn't say really well but well He's enough been adequate. Guard, yeah. he's been fine, and yeah. so I would have kept him there, and yeah. I would have said, "Give me my guy that I think is going to be my future left tackle. Let's put him out there and do it." But that uh, wasn't the decision that's why we're they doing made radio. And, yeah. I'll, I'll ask going right. to talk today at 2 o'clock, I'll ask. All right, we appreciate you guys
0: joining. we will back tomorrow. Me. We're going <laughs> to take you. Yeah, see, we'll answer. see if he answers. Yeah, Why don't sure you sure. ask him if he's <laughs> going
3: to throw any routes down the field? All I can, <laughs> all I can do is ask. You're real friendly with your questions, by the way, uh, Coach. Uh, yeah. are uh, you know,
2: friendly have some, demeanor. We're going to have some uh, some bigger picture topics tomorrow we'll get into. Till then, for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio.